0: Blog TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, and thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. You can visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, and our blog as well. Our guest today is Terry T. Meyer. Terry has been painting for seven years and studied with Stanley Harris and Ginger Cook in the Houston, Texas area. Carrie's work placed in both the Tomball Art League and the Woodlands Art League Spring Judge Shows back in 2013. Her qualifying pieces went on to the Lone Star Art League Convention that same year. Cherry also was the first place winner in the Contemporary Art Gallery Online February's competition, themed animals. She has had work exhibited at the Barbara Bush Library in Spring, Texas, and the Art Gallery as well as at Art Seeds Gallery in Somerville, Texas. She enjoys experimenting with unexpected colors and abstract backgrounds, primarily uses acrylic paint, but will often add textural media. Well, good morning, Terry, and welcome to An Artist Speaks.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: Doing great. And you doing okay today?
0: Yes, I am. Well,
1: Terry, let's start off the show by telling the audience a little bit more about yourself.
0: Well, I, uh, I came to art both early and late. I enjoyed uh, drawing as a child, but in my family, everybody kind of had their talent. And another sister was the artist, and I was the writer. So I didn't get back to painting until after I retired from teaching. In the meantime, I, uh, I trained in English and French literature and got a Ph.D. and, and taught French for a number of years. But since retiring, I have really enjoyed painting as well as other activities, and that really has become the focus of my interests in the last couple of years.
1: Well, Terry, I tell you, certainly looking at your paintings, you would think you've been doing it for decades and not seven years. The paintings are very good. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Well, tell us, what? Other than, certainly as a child, you enjoyed drawing, but was there something uh, after your retirement that told you or, you know, gave you the idea of, of becoming a painter?
0: Well, I have always really appreciated art. Uh, I've lived in France, and I've traveled extensively in Europe, and one of the things that I really enjoy doing is going to art galleries. Recently, in fact, since I began painting, even at the very beginning as I was learning, I found that it uh, increased my appreciation of, of painting so much that it just makes it much more enjoyable when you've had the experience of trying to capture a texture or a shape or something like that. So, so I've always really appreciated art, and it's like, why not? I'll try that too.
1: Well, when did you decide or when did you feel like? hey, I can really do this, uh, that I'm uh, good at creating art?
0: Um, I guess, you know, people start telling you that it's mm-hmm. good. And and also, when I was the first class that I took, or the first classes that I took for a couple of years with Stanley Harris, uh, there were, it was a basically free for seniors class, and uh, there were a lot of people who showed up and, you know, you're looking at what you're doing and what the other people are doing, and mine was better than a lot of mean, Some of them were as good as me or better, but, uh, but it just kind of came easy, I guess.
1: Well, other than the uh, teachers that were mentioned in your biography, has there been any other artists or just individuals that have influenced you in your art career?
0: Well, I wouldn't say that I have modeled my painting after anybody because I can't really think of painters, famous painters that I have seen who did animals in particular, but uh, the artists that I most admire are Picasso, not because I really like his work, but because of the energy in, in his lines. I mean, he can do just a, a big, bold black line against white and looks like a baboon or something like that or whatever and uh, that that just fascinates me and the fact also that he uh was constantly experimenting and reinventing himself i had the opportunity to see his early works i mean like when he was a teen at the picasso museum in barcelona and he was able to do realistic stuff from a very young age and then he just took off and so i like the idea of experimentation but i'm not not interested in trying to copy picasso certainly <laughs> i also am very fond of uh, magritte who totally different because he's kind of a, a intellectual um he does games. he'll he'll put french labels you know he'll say sky have the french word for sky when it's a picture of a building That sort of playfulness that really fascinates me. But there again, his his style of painting is not something that I want to copy.
1: Well, that's interesting. How long did you live in France?
0: Uh, I lived there twice for two school years. I spent my junior year, and then I went back and lived for another, like, ten months there while I was working on my, uh, my Ph.D. thesis. And I lived in Paris both times. So I had lots of opportunities to go to the museums.
1: There are a lot of art museums in Paris. Oh, yes. Well, tell the audience about your the process you go through when you create your art.
0: Well, uh, when I first began painting, I was eager to finish something. That was kind of my focus was on, oh, I want to have something to show for having painted for hours or days. Mm-hmm. Since then... In in 2012, we went to Africa and I started painting animals. And at this point, that became the focus of of my art. And the process varies because when I first paint a certain animal and when I first began doing animals, I had to do a rather elaborate form to get the shapes right. You know, I would do a grid, start drawing in, in chalk, of course, I do a background first, and oftentimes I use a kind of a waffle-type background. So I do the whole abstract background or text, sometimes texture background, and then uh, start gritting in the drawing. On some of them, and as I've gotten more confident in my animal drawing, I'll just block it out and, and paint and figure, okay, that's the beauty of acrylics. You can always paint over it.
1: do you work primarily with photographs or do you go in the field and paint
0: no i absolutely only work with photographs Uh, sometimes i will take a photograph and change it like i recently did uh, paintings of meerkats and i had two photographs that my husband had taken of meerkats but they weren't facing each other you know they were just doing their own thing and so I put them in the same painting and that meant that one of them I had to flip the image where I actually had to paint working from a mirror because it's not easy to flip an image in your brain, although maybe there's a way to <laughs> it on computer and I've got to find that way.
1: Yeah, that is a little difficult, but that was very creative uh, thought process there on how to get what you Academy want. How to make it
0: happen. Uh-huh.
1: Well, Terry, when you're doing your art, uh, you said initially you wanted to complete it. Do you still work on one piece at a time, or do you now have multiple pieces in the process? I,
0: I, uh, I now have multiple pieces that I work on. Uh, it's partly because I may get stuck on one and I need to decide, you know, what, what is it I don't like about it. One thing when you're painting that it's a good idea to step back a few feet, look at it in the mirror, to do something to get distance from it. So you also get distance from it by just waiting a few days. And so if I want to paint something and I'm waiting for, to figure out what I don't like about that first one, that I'll, I'll work on a second one. So like right now I'm working on a llama, uh, 2L llama, and a group of Cape buffalo that are pretty different to Cape buffalo or purple and blues. They're not, you know, the real color of Cape buffalo, whereas the llama, the I'm doing it in pretty much natural colors. So it gives you a contrast. It's kind of nice to say, okay, I'm tired of doing that or I'm stuck on this, I'm going to go over to the other one and work on that.
1: Well, that's good. It keeps, keeps the juices flowing that way.
0: Right, right. Well, on
1: an average month, uh, how many pieces of art do you create?
0: Oh, not that many. Of course, it depends on the size. It depends on the size. Something like uh, my alpha handshake that's like three by four feet, that takes you a while. Just even to do the background, but I would say, I would say I do about three paintings a month.
1: Well, you mentioned size. So, is there a, a size that you prefer, or do you do different sizes just depending on the the animal or the subject of your art?
0: Well, the subject certainly influences it. Uh, a picture. Of two elephants has got to be big, and a picture of a bird has got to be pretty small, or else you get a strange-looking bird. So the, for the birds that I've done, they're like uh, 12 by 12, 14 by 16, something like that. Uh, I have had a tendency to end up doing things about 18 by 24, and I prefer working with linen because it's just more pleasant to paint on. You have a smoother surface, even if you're going to um, use a, a textural media, it's just nicer to paint on linen. But somehow 18 by 24 works for me, so I've done several paintings of that size.
1: Well, that's a good size, though, 18 by 24. Right. Well, then you mentioned the textural media. Tell the audience kind of maybe in more detail of what you mean and what you use when you say textural media.
0: Well, there are many, many different kinds of textural media. There are gels and fiber and impasto. Basically, it's something that makes the paint thicker, so you can you can build it up and do a three-dimensional thing. The example that would be most useful, and I don't know if it's visible in the photograph, is the one of the carrotfish. fish because the parrotfish is against a background of coral. And in order to give the impression of the coral, I actually used a very heavy, like, impasto, so that you could feel it. It is kind of coral-like and hard, and it sticks up. And then over that, I used a flow medium that gives the impression of the water, so that way you get, you know, the contrast that you, it would be very, very difficult to paint that way with just one sort of uh, just regular acrylic paint.
1: Well, that was very creative. It gives your your art a three-dimensional look.
0: Yes, yes. And on the, uh, I have the two monkeys, the vervet monkeys, the red one and the purple one. The bark on the tree I did with a uh, a textural media. And then the nice thing about that, like on the uh, Garden of the Gods painting, that in order to create blocks, you actually have a buildup, and then you can, by applying the paint not solid, you get a, a surface dimension that really works.
1: Well, that's just wonderful. Uh, again, your painting is so lifelike, and it's very, very good. Well, Terry, I think this would be a good for a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk more in detail uh, on some of your painting that you entered into the art contest and is available on Contemporary Art Gallery Online. You can view and purchase Terry Meyer's artwork by going to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the Artist tab and then on Terry Meyer's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. And again, to view Cherry's funding artwork, and to re-listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Cherry's fine art, please click on the artist tab and then on Terry Meyer's name. Well, Terry, uh, the first piece let's talk about, Elephant Handshake. You mentioned that one earlier.
0: Well, uh, my husband and I went to, uh, on an African safari in 2012, and that's when I began painting animals. And... Basically, you're out in a Land Rover for about three hours at a time, and if you get lucky, you see some animals up close. And in this case, we saw two young male elephants, they were like adolescents, I guess, that greeted each other, and they really came together, and they they kept entwining their trunks around each other in different ways for about five minutes, and my Mm. husband was able to get a series of shots. So in a sense, it is like an elephant handshake. The uh, the tree they were with, the elephants, when they do this, they don't pay much attention to the trees and shrubs, and they kind of get trampled underground. But um, anyway, that was, that was the inspiration.
1: How long did it take you to uh, create that piece?
0: Oh, quite a while. I can't even remember, but... To cover 36 by 48 with the kind of background that I have actually takes quite a while because I'm only using about a two-inch brush, and you go in all directions to cover that. It's it's a rather slow process. And then, of course, the, the elephants, you had to, I had to draw them in, and then I have some, a little bit of texture on that. I'm not, I didn't add any medium, but just used thick paint. And one of the things that you can't see on the painting from the photograph is the side. This is a gallery wrap, so it's about, what, two, three inches deep. That one of the elephant's tail is actually on the side of the painting. And I was very proud of that because it doesn't stop the front. So anyway, it took me a long time. I I would say several weeks.
1: Well, and another piece was giraffe bonding. Tell the audience about that piece.
0: Uh, that is from a photo of the a newborn giraffe at the Houston Zoo, and uh, you see a lot of pictures of giraffe mothers like this because the giraffe, being a herd animal, they have to get born in a hurry and be up on their feet, and then the mother kind of licks them off. And that was that was what this picture showed. Although I said I left the giraffe mother tongue out because. It, but it kind of confused thing but i had a whole lot of fun with that because i really really like giraffes and i think baby giraffes are are really really cute
1: <laughs> but they are and you know, I use the same type of background on this painting as you did with the elephant handshake and
0: pretty much it's a little less obvious that it's the kind of waffle effect, and that's partially because you've got a spotted animal, you don't want as busy a background, whereas in the case of the elephants, the background gets overshadowed anyway by the mass of the elephants, but in this case, smaller painting, and you have to deal with the spots, so it's, it's somewhat different. Well,
1: in another piece you have on the gallery is Rhino Taxi.
0: The Rhino Taxi was the first animal painting that I did. It doesn't have the same same background as, as on many of the others. It was the first one where it kind of came together, the idea of using unreal colors or atypical colors for animals. I was originally just blocking it in, and in fact, I didn't do a grid on that. I just kind of started, started painting freehand in uh blue and then it was I was kind of liking the way it looked and decided just hey I'm going to go with that so that's inspired where I've got the different colors for for animals atypical colors and the bird uh which is called an oxpecker is a small little brown bird that with a red beak that you see on many many animals in Africa and they apparently eat the fleas so they're welcomed by the other animals but the actual oxpecker is a tiny tiny bird and so when people looked at the bird that I painted realistically they said hey that bird's got to be bigger you can't see it before like a blob <laughs> on your on your blue rhino so I I painted another bird called a brilliant Starling, and in fact it's more of a fantasy bird but that's you know artistic license because i wanted people to be able to see it but there really was a bird
1: Well, yes when you see the you know the shows on tv at the end of the day they always show the birds are hanging around some of these larger animals
0: yeah sometimes they will have three or four you know one on their ear one on their back
1: well along with this you're uh what other paintings in your animal series, you mentioned you do, you're doing some pairs as well now, or did?
0: Yes, uh, I did a, uh, a pair of rhinos, and in that I actually had to combine a couple of photographs. I took one male from one photograph, and then I took uh, the baby from another one. So they were necessarily, they, they don't pose like that all the time. So the uh, same thing with the hippos. That uh, I I kind of had to Photoshop that in my brain to make it come out the way it did.
1: Well, I certainly understand you're using a photograph, and I understand where you, your inspiration comes from. And, and we you talked earlier about the process, but how do you get the animals to look so lifelike?
0: I don't know. My uh, my art teacher uh, says she thinks I was on the animal committee when they (laughs) they started designing animals. I don't know. I I just I think it's because I really like painting animals. In fact, I have never had the slightest interest in painting people. That seems scary, but painting animals just uh, really appeals to me a great deal. So, so I don't know. I just I found my niche.
1: One of the artwork uh, you mentioned, animals—is there one that's a favorite of yours, your personal favorite?
0: Of my own paintings, yes. Um, actually, I like the mandrel a great deal. I'm fascinated by by monkeys, and the mandrel, just—it's kind of ugly, but it's kind of beautiful. I mean, the, it's, and then the—it's—and there again, when you start painting something, you appreciate. The beauty of these these animals, their fur. I had to actually paint in every single little hair, practically, and it got a bit <laughs> tedious. But it makes you appreciate what a beautiful creation this this is.
1: Well, your art is very good, and I encourage the audience to to visit Contemporary Art Gallery online and and view Terry's work. Uh, I think you'll find it's very fascinating. Here is another piece that Terry has done. It's, it's uh, Mandrel and Chaos. Tell the audience about that one.
0: Well, this is, I have had an interest in doing abstract art or non-objective art for quite some time. Uh, when I first started painting, one of the first paintings I did was an abstract that everybody loved and Ever since then, I've been trying to do abstract, and I find it's harder than it looks. So uh, at a class with uh, Daniel Elliott, I, uh, he suggested that, well, actually, I started out just wiping paint on this canvas until I got a bunch of colors. I mean, I literally was like I had paint on my canvas, wipe it on this one, and then finally I decided I would start painting on that, and I took it to the class because I was and he said, well, try doing an animal on it. And since I had done a couple of mandrels by that time and liked mandrels, I started fooling around with it freehand. And at first, in fact, it looked like a Spaniard. And I called it the Spaniard for a while and then decided to make it more like a mandrel. So I just kind of kept playing around with it and uh, getting different textures. It's, it's very textural.
1: Well, it is different, especially when you're looking at it. The, or looking at the other the other art that you have on display, I enjoy it, but it was just so different for you.
0: Yeah, it is. It is different. Uh, that's the only one I have done like that. I, I I constantly feel the tug of getting back to realism, uh, even though my backgrounds are are different uh, or abstract. I can't imagine ever doing a realistic tree in the background with the monkey, but. But anyway, that's, that's experimental, and I may experiment in that direction some
1: more. Well, I know that we here at Contemporary Art Gallery will certainly enjoy all of your work and look forward to seeing some more of that abstract art because it's it's very it's very good and very unique. Thank you. Carrie, uh, we're getting near the end of the show, and there's a question I always like to ask the artist. And as a selling artist, what advice would you give to someone that? starting out in art, and what advice would you give to them?
0: Well, this advice was uh, given to me by a friend and a very successful collage artist, Mary Wilbanks, and she said, do a series. Start, do something that you like, because a lot of people have talent, but if they're kind of all across the board, uh, you don't have an identity for them. If you think about a writer, if Stephen King wrote a book in poetry, you know, you it would seem weird, so that you need to kind of find your knit. And so I was very happy once I started painting animals to continue doing that because, one, it gets easier, you know, and you can start expanding on the theme. I'd say that's the most important thing, and, and obviously to keep painting. You know, if you get frustrated, paint over it and do another one.
1: <laughs> do another one. Right. Did you find it difficult to... Find outlets for your art.
0: Uh, I still am, as a matter of fact. I'm still looking for for uh, more outlets. I think that's probably a constant struggle.
1: Well, and certainly doing art competitions as you have, and and getting in jury shows. I think that certainly is a good way to to get your right. art out there. Well, in closing, Terry, is there a philosophy you have about art?
0: Well, I'd say my philosophy is experimentation but build on what you're doing i would like to be more abstract and i'm doing a little bit of that but somehow i keep getting drawn back uh with animals to the more realistic kind of painting i'll just keep experimenting but i'm going to keep building on what i'm doing i at one point was doing nothing but eight And there are so many different varieties that that gives you a lot of of latitude. So I just hope to, to keep building, experimenting, and learning more.
1: Well, that's great, Jerry. And I can tell you that we'll be excited to see your work as you progress.
0: Thank you. Well,
1: and let me thank you for joining us today on An artist Speaks. It's been a pleasure having you, Jerry.
0: Thank you very much. And I also want to thank our
1: listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Terry Meyer's great artwork, to re-listen to this interview. And of course, purchase some of Terry's art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Terry Meyer's name. I'd like to let everyone know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has a monthly art competition and exhibition. To compete, go to Contemporary Art Gallery Online and click on the Artist Competition tab. Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts this show on Artist Week. We air every other Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, and have a great rest of your evening.